Alright, Ashley Brock here. Reading the next one I have in the book series. I have Justin. I just can't find it somewhere. So, Justin technically is the second book after Calhoun, but I'll tell you what happens briefly. Justin and Shelby get married for a marriage of convenience because Shelby's gone broken now. She's going to be homeless. And he didn't like the fact that she was going to be staying in an apartment that was basically one room. So, he told her that she could live with him and they get married. And then it turns into a real marriage. And then they have a big fight because he thinks that he saw her making out with her boss. But it was really the other worker that worked there. And so they have a big old blowout and a fight. And Shelby tries to leave while he's at work. Albie comes and finds him tells him she he can't let her leave because she's pregnant. And he goes to the airport. But he thinks he's too late. But then finds out he's not. And then they live happily ever after. That's Justin. Now, the next book in... Diane Palmer's book series, Long Tall Texan, I don't own. It's Justin is the second book I can't find. Tyler is technically the third book, and it's Sutton's Way. This is book five by Diane Palmer. And I will read the back of the book like I always do. So, Arabella Craig was 18 when she first tell for, fell for Ethan Hardman. And he turned around and married another woman. Four years later, tragedy brings Ethan, still just as tall and handsome, back into her life. He runs his family's cattle empire with an iron hand. and keeps just a tight a grip on the reins holding back his heart. But Arabella is determined not to be, to not let this long tall Texan escape her again. So, here is Diane Palmer's book, Ethan, Chapter One. Arabella was drifting. She seemed to be floating along on a particularly last cloud high above the world. She murmured contently and sank into the fluffy nothingness, where somewhere of a fleeting pain that began to grow with every passing second until it was a white hot throb in one of her hands. No, she explained, and her eyes flew open. She was lying on a cold table. Her dress, her beautiful gray dress, was covered with blood, and she felt bruises and cuts all over. A man in a white jacket was examining her. She groaned. Contusions, the man remember. Abrasions, contusions, compound fracture of the wrist, one ligament almost severed, type and cross match of blood, prepper for surgery, and get me an operating room. Yes, doctor. Well, the other voice was harsh, demanding, very male, familiar, but not her father's. She'll be all right, the doctor said with resignation. Now, will you please go outside and sit down, Mr. Hardiman, while I can appreciate your concern. That was an understatement, the physician thought. You can do her more good by letting us work. Ethan, the voice was Ethan. She managed to turn her head, and yes, it was Ethan Hardiman. He looked as if they dragged him out of bed. His black hair was rumpled, apparently by his own fingers. His hard-leaned face was drawn. His gray eyes so dark, so dark with worry they looked black. His white shirt was half unbuttoned, and he, as if he turned it on, and his dark jacket was open. He'd all but crushed the brim of the crimson Stetson in his hand. Bella, he breathed when he saw her pale, dangered face. Ethan, she made it in a hoarse whisper. Oh, Ethan, my hand. His expression taunted as he moved closer to her, despite the doctor's protest. He reached down and touched her poor, bruised face. Baby, 
What a scare you gave me. He whispered his hand actually seemed to be trembling as he brushed back her disheveled long brown hair. Her green eyes were bright with pain and welcomed, all mixed up together. My father, she asked with apprehension, because he'd been driving the car. They flew him to Dallas. He had an ocular injury. They got some of the top men in the field there. He's all right otherwise. He couldn't take care of you, so he had the hospital call me. He didn't smile coldly. God knows. That was a gut-wrenching decision on his part. She was in too much pain to pick up on the meaning behind words. But my hand, she asked. He stood up straight. I'll talk to you about that later. Mary and the rest will be here in the morning. I'll stay until you're out of surgery. She got at his arm with her good hand, feeling the hard muscles tight. Make them understand how important my hand is, please. She pleaded. They understand. They'll do what. They'll do what they can. They'll do what can be done. He touched her track lips. She his forehead. I won't leave you. He said quietly. I'll be here. She grabbed his hand, holding it, feeling his strength, drawing on his strength, for the first time in recent memory. Ethan, she whispered, as the payment. Remembering, the, remember the swimming hole? His expression closed up. He actually flinched at her face. My God, can't you give her something? He asked the doctors if the pain was his own. The doctor seemed to understand, at least, that it was more than bad temper driving the tall, angry man. It stormed into the emergency room barely ten minutes ago. Look on those hard features. As he held the woman's hand, had said everything. I'll give her something, the doctor promised. Are you a relative? Her husband, perhaps. He's a silver eyes cut at him. No, I'm not a relative. She's a concert pianist. Very commercial these days. She lives with her father, and she's never been allowed to marry. The doctor didn't have time for a discussion. Settled Ethan with a nurse and vanished gratefully into the emergency room. Hour later, Arabella drifted in and out of the anesthesia in a private room. Ethan was there again, staring angrily out the window at the pastel colors of the sky at dawn, still in the same clothes he'd been wearing. The night before, Arabella was in floral hospital gown. She felt as if she probably looked weak and wrung out. Ethan, she called, turned immediately, going to the bedside. He did look terrible. All right, his face was white with strain and bridal anger. How are you? he asked. Tired and sore and groggy, she murmured, trying to smile at him. He looked so fierce, just as he had when they were younger. She was almost twenty-three now, and Ethan was thirty, but he'd always been worlds ahead of her in immaturity. With Ethan standing over her, it was hard to remember the anguish of the past four years. So many memories, she thought drowsily, watching that dear face. Ethan had been her heart four years ago, but he married Miriam. Ethan had forced Miriam into a separation only a little while after they married, but she fought Ethan's divorce action tooth and nail for almost four years. Miriam had given up at last this year. Their divorce had only made come final three months ago. Ethan was a past master at hiding his feelings. But the deep lines in his face spoke for themselves. Miriam had hurt him dreadfully. Arabella had tried to warn him in her own shy way. They argued over Miriam, and because of it, Ethan had shut Arabella out of his life with cold cruelty. She'd seen him in passing since then, because she and her sister-in-law were best friends, and visits were inevitable. But Ethan had been remote and unapproachable till last night. You should have listened to me about Miriam, she said groggily. We won't talk about my ex-wife, he said coldly. You're coming home with me when you're able to get around again. Mother and Mary will look after you and keep you company. How's my father? She asked. I haven't found out anything new. I'll check later. Right now, I need breakfast and change clothes. I'll come back as soon as I've got my men started at home. We're in the middle of roundup. 
What a time to be landed with me, she said with a deep sigh. I'm sorry, Ethan. That could have spared you this. He ignored her. Did you have any other clothes in the car with you? She shook her head. The slight movement hurt, so she stopped, reached up with her free hand and smoothed back the mass of waving dark brown hair from her bruised face. My clothes are back in the apartment in Houston. Where's the key? In my purse. They should have brought it in with me. She murmured drowsily. He searched in the locker on the other side of the room and found her expensive leather purse. He carried it to the bed with the air of a man holding a poisonous snake. Where is it? He muttered. She stared at him, amused despite the sedatives and growing pain. The key is in the zipper compartment. She managed. He took out a set of keys. She showed him the right one. He put the purse away with obvious relief. Bet's... Bet's me why women can't use pockets the way men do. Bates me why women can't use pockets the way men do. The stuff we carry wouldn't fit in the pockets, he said reasonably. She lay back on her pillow, her eyes open and curious. He looked terrible. He didn't smile. He hardly ever had, except for a few magical days when she was 18, before Miriam got her beautiful hands on him. Haven't had much sleep, he said, his voice sharp and cutting. She smiled drowsily. Don't grout me. Corian wrote to me last month in Los Angeles. He said you were impossible to live with these days. <laughs> My mother always thought I was impossible to live with, he reminded. She said you've been that way for three months since the divorce was final, she replied. Why did Marion finally give in? She was the one who insisted on staying married to you, despite the fact that she stopped living with you ages ago. How should I know? Yes, abruptly turned away. She saw the way he closed up at the mention of his ex-wife's name, and her heart felt heavy and cold. His marriage had hurt her more than anything in her life. It had been unexpected, and she almost gone off the deep end when she heard. Somehow she always thought that Ethan cared for her. She'd been too young for him at 18, but that day ate by the swimming hole, she'd been sure that he felt more than just a physical attraction for her. Or maybe that had been one more hopeless illusion. Whatever he felt, he started going around with Miriam immediately after the sweet interlude, and within two months, he married the woman. Aaron Bella had mourned him bitterly. He'd been the first man in her life in all the important ways, except for the most intimate one. She was still waiting for the first intimacy, just as she'd waited most of her adult life for Ethan to love her. She almost laughed out loud. Ethan had never loved her. He loved Miriam, who'd come to the ranch to film a commercial. She watched it happen, watched Ethan falling under the spell of the green-eyed, red-headed model with her sophisticated beauty. Arabelle had never had the measure of self-confidence and teasing sophistication that Miriam had, and Miriam walked off with Ethan, only to leave him. They said that Ethan had become a woman-hater because of his marriage. Arabella didn't doubt it. He'd never been a playboy in the first place. He was much too serious and stoic. There was nothing happy-go-lucky or carefree about Ethan. He'd had the responsibility for his family for a long time now, and Arabella's earliest memories of him were of a quiet, hard man who threw out orders like a commanding general, intimidating men twice his age when he was only just out of his teens. Ethan was watching her, but his serenity seized when she noticed him standing beside the bed. I'll send someone to your apartment in Houston for your things. Thank you. He wouldn't talk to her about Miriam. Somehow she expected that reaction. She took a deep breath and started to lift her head. It felt heavy. She looked down and realized that it was a small it was in a small cast. Started to lift her hand. It felt heavy. She looked down and realized that it was in a small cast. Red antiseptic peaks out from under it, stark against her pale skin. She felt the threat of reality and withdrew from it. Closing her eyes. They had to set the bones. He said, the cast comes off in six weeks, and you'll have the use of your hand again. 
use of it, yes, but what would she be able to play again as she had? How long would it take, and how would she manage to support herself and her father if she couldn't? She felt panic seeping in. Her father had a heart condition, she knew, because he used it against her in the early days when she hadn't wanted the years of study, the internal practice that made it impossible for her to go places with her friends, Mary and Jane. Ethan's sisters, and Matt, his brother whom Mary had later married. It was astonishing that her father had caught Ethan after the wreck. Ever since Iron Barrel had blossomed into a young woman, her father had made sure that Ethan didn't get too close to her. He never liked Ethan. The reverse was also true. Aaron Bella hadn't understood the friction because Ethan had never made any serious advances toward her till the day she and Ethan had gone swimming at the creek. And things had almost gone too far. Arabella had told no one, so her father hadn't known about that. It was her own private, special secret, hers and Ethan's. She forced her mind back to the present. She couldn't let herself become Madeline now. She had enough complications in her life without asking for more. She vaguely remembered mentioning to Ethan that day she and he had gone swimming together when she was 18. She hoped against hope that he'd been too worried to pay attention to the remark that she hadn't given away how precious the memory was to her. He said I'd stay with you. She began falteringly to try to make her mind work. But my father... Your uncle lives in Dallas, remember? He said, your father will probably stay there. He won't like having me this far away, she said only. No, he won't, will he? He put the, pulled the sheet up to her chin. Try to sleep. Let the medicine work. Her wide green eyes opened holding it. You don't want me at your house, she said. He never did. We quarrel over marrying me. He said I was a pain in the neck, and he never wanted to have to see me again. He actually tried to sleep. He said tersely. She was drifting in and out of consciousness, blissfully aware of the tortured look on the dark face above her. She was right. Yes, sleep. The world seemed far away again as the drugs took hold at last, and she slept. Her dreams were full of the old days, growing up with Mary and Matt, of Ethan's always nearby, beloved, and take them and completely unattainable. No matter how hard she tried to act her age, Ethan had never looked at her as a woman in those early days. Arabella had always loved him. Her music had been her escape. She could play the acoustic classical pieces and put all the love Ethan didn't want into her fingers as she played. It was that fever and knee that had given her a start in the musical world. At the age of 21, she won an international competition with a huge financial prize. The recognition had given her a shot at a recording contract. Classical music was notoriously low-paying for pianos, but Aaron Bell's style had caught on quickly when she tried some pop pieces. The albums had sold well, and she was asked to do more. The royalties began to grow along with her fame. Her father had pushed her into personal appearances and tours, and basically and basically shy in front of people she didn't know. She hated the whole idea of it. She tried to protest, but her father had dominated her all her life, and she hadn't had the will to fight him. Incredibly, that she told herself, when she could stand up to Ethan and most other people without a qualm. Her father was different. She loved him, and he'd been her mainstay when her mother had died so long ago. She couldn't bear to hurt her father by refusing his guidance in her career. Ethan had hated the hold her father had on her, but he never asked her to try to break it. Over the years, while she was growing up in Jacobsville, Ethan had been a kind of protective but distant big brother. Till that day, he'd taken her swimming down at the creek, and everything had changed. Miriam had been at the ranch even then. Starting on a layout with a western theme for a fashion magazine, Ethan had paid her very little notice until he almost lost control with Aaron Bell when they started kissing. But after that day, he began push pursuing Miriam. 
It hadn't taken long. Arabella had hurt Mary and Bragg into another model that she had the heart of men fortune in the palm of her hand, and that she was going to trade Ethan her body for a life of luxury. It sickened Arabella to think of the man she loved being treated as a meal ticket and nothing more, so she'd gone to him and tried to tell him what she heard. He hadn't believed her. He accused her of being jealous of Miriam. He heard her with his cold remarks about her age and inexperience and naivety. Then he ordered her off the ranch. She ran away, all the way out of the state and back to music school. How strange that Ethan should be the one to look after her. He was the first. It was the first time she'd ever been in a hospital, the first time she'd been anything except healthy. She wouldn't have expected Ethan to bother with her, despite her father's request. Ethan had studerish ignored Arabella since his marriage, right down to deliberately disappearing every time she came to visit Mary and Corin. Mary and Matt lived with Matt and Ethan's mother, Corin, at the big, rambling Hardeman house. Corin always welcomed Arabella as if she were family when she came to spend an occasional afternoon with her friend Mary, but Ethan was cold and unapproachable and barely spoke to her. Arabella hadn't expected more from Ethan, though. He'd made his opinion over crystal clear when he denounced his engagement to Miriam shortly after he started dating the model. The engagement had shocked everyone, even his mother, and the rushed wedding had been a source of gossip for months, but Miriam wasn't pregnant, so obviously he married her for love. If that was the case, it was a brief love. Miriam had gone, bag and baggage, six months later, leaving Ethan alone, but not attached. Arabella had never learned why Miriam had refused the divorce, or why Miriam had started running away on a man she only just married. It was one of many things about his marriage that Ethan never discussed with anyone. Arabella felt oblivion still in her way. She gave into it at last, sighing as she fell asleep, leaving all her worries and heartaches behind. End of chapter one.